Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning and welcome to the Vince Coakley radio program on this Tuesday. Good to be back with you on this very soggy, dreary, and perhaps severe weather day. We have real concerns about some of the conditions that we may see here in the Charlotte area and beyond. Headline of the Charlotte Observer says severe Charlotte storm could produce tornado, 50 mile per hour winds, heavy rain. These are not good things, understatement to say the least. Here to provide some insight on what we can expect over the next day or so, we have meteorologist Ken Boone from the Weather Channel. Good morning. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Good morning. How are you? Doing very well. I want to start off here with a sense of uh, what we're expecting here in the, the immediate Charlotte area. I know we're expecting a whole lot of rain. Uh, that's one of the big features of the storm system. Uh, what are the biggest threats that we face? Yeah, so as we head here through the morning and into the afternoon, we're going to see the rain be just become more steadier and heavier uh, in general here as we head through the afternoon, and the winds will begin to increase as well. Of course, we're under a wind advisory, uh, as well as a flood watch that runs through 10 o'clock tonight. So uh, two to three inches of widespread rainfall in and around the Charlotte area, higher amounts to the west, especially as you head up into elevation uh, into the mountains. There is a chance that some of the storms that we see through the afternoon and evening could be strong to even severe. We've seen severe weather with this system. Now, the bigger severe weather threat is going to be east and south of Charlotte, but we still have a slight chance to see some severe storms uh, as we head here uh, through the afternoon and evening. What are the other elements of the storm? Because I know we had uh, heard about the possibility of the word uh, tornado has been thrown out there. Uh, What's the possibility of of a a level of severity that's that strong? Yeah, we could. uh, I'm not going to say that there's no chance that we could see uh, a a tornadic uh, storm uh, in and around the Charlotte area. And I will say the bigger threat to see that is actually further to the south and east of Charlotte. But we certainly are uh, under a slight uh, risk of severe weather uh, in and around the Charlotte area. So it certainly is possible. But again, as you move further east and south of downtown Charlotte, your chances just go up and up uh, that you could have some severe storms. We've seen some tornadoes and had some tornado warnings with this storm system. Now, most of them have been uh, down along the Gulf Coast. We had one near uh, Tallahassee. Uh, so that threat is out there. It's kind of been on the southern end of the storm, and I kind of think we're on the northern fringe of where we could potentially see some severe weather. So, again, uh, I'm not going to say it's not possible, but the higher likelihood of that, I think, is going to be east and south of Charlotte. Well, Ken Boone, give us a, a sense of the timeline of what we can expect here. We've already got the rain that's coming down now. It's been steady here for a while. Um, give us a sense of the progression of this. What do we expect? Yeah, as I said, it's just going to get steadier and heavier here as we head through the morning and into the afternoon. I think once we get towards around noon through about 4 o'clock, that's when we're going to really see the bulk of this rain fall. Uh, fall. Uh, if you look back at radar, uh, back out across uh, uh, South Carolina, Georgia, even into Alabama, still a lot of rain that's got to move through. And I can tell you uh, that uh, North Georgia and back in across Alabama, they've had hours of uh, heavy rainfall. So we're looking at uh, pretty much uh, heavy rain throughout much of the afternoon. And again, I think as we get towards the noontime hours shortly thereafter, that's where we're going to start to see our rain really start to pick up. And then much of the afternoon dealing with that heavy rain. So flooding will become uh, a concern, certainly, uh, as we get more and more rainfall uh, as the afternoon goes on. And the winds are just going to increase right along with the, uh, with the rainfall as well. And we could see winds that could gust in the 40 to 50 mile per hour range uh, as we head through the afternoon and into the evening hour as well. Now, as, uh, when we speak of the end of this system, what's, uh, what's the timeline for seeing all of this come to an end, the rain, the wind, and, and come back to some state of calm? Uh, probably somewhere around uh, the 5 to 6 o'clock uh, range. Now, we'll start to see it taper off before that, but I think we'll finally get into some dry area once we get around uh, 
you know, kind of between that 5 and 7 p.m. range, we'll kind of start to see the rain kind of taper off and start to move east and northeast of the Charlotte area, and then we'll see a steady decrease in the cloud cover tonight. So once the sun sets tonight, things should start uh, getting better. Most of the rain will fall uh, before the sun sets, maybe a few lingering showers right around sunset, and then as we head through the night, decreasing clouds, but still windy. The wind is going to be with us uh, tonight and tomorrow, uh, but drier air should push in overnight and into Wednesday. So has this uh, put us in a position to be free from this kind of crazy weather for a little while? Uh, well, we've got another quick-moving system that could bring us some showers and storms Friday into Friday night. Nothing like what we're seeing out there today, but there will be some showers, even some storms that could move through Friday into Friday night. Uh, but Wednesday, Thursday, quiet days. Then as we get into the weekend, some pretty quiet days. And I think that'll last into early uh, next week. But certainly very cool, which is, you know, very appropriate for this time of year. No question about that. Meteorologist Ken Boone, thanks a lot for joining us on the broadcast this morning. Sure, no problem. And I'm curious about what's going on where you are right now. Uh, just rain so far? Is that what you are seeing? In anticipation of all of this, our governor, Governor Roy Cooper, declared a state of emergency in North Carolina. This happened last night as this massive forceful storm, expected to cloak much of the southeast, sets in. So they want to make sure that they are prepared for anything and everything. We're talking about high wind gusts. Of course, one of the big concerns, the possibility of power outages, the possibility of flooding. These are things that uh, could cause quite a bit of destruction. The governor and North Carolina emergency management officials urging North Carolinians to be safe and cautious during the heavy rainfall and winds and to expect flooding and power outages as a strong weather system will impact the state. Monday evening and Tuesday. That is the statement out of the Cooper administration. There are some school systems that have closed and a number of businesses, some city offices in certain places have closed as a result of this. And it's always amusing to read the social media posts. You know, of course, we're the people who, you know, we walked five miles in the snow, uphill. Remember that? So there are a number of people I noticed yesterday evening who were uh, not impressed by the decision to make some of these closures, especially with school systems in the area. I'll just share a few of these posts for your amusement. DeCoven says, one of the best things about living in Winston-Salem, we're not dismissing school because of wind. Joey, York County, taking an extra day. Wish it was snow, though. <laughs> Antonio, school canceling over rain? These kids are too soft. Next, the sun will be too bright to go to school. <laughs> Some pretty amusing perspectives here from people who are not so impressed by the possibilities of this particular storm our hopes are that this is a low impact storm and does not cause a lot of damage or disruption and uh chris writes in by the way i'm 63 years old and i have never never seen schools closed because of rain go figure Coming up, we will delve into the news of the day, and we have a lot of it. We've got new developments on that Boeing 737 MAX 9. Some disturbing discoveries that have been made. We'll tell you what those discoveries are by a couple of airlines. We will talk about the presidential contest. We have a lot of information there, some new polling information that's very interesting out about New Hampshire, some numbers there that will definitely raise some eyebrows. And I am going to stir it up again. I'm going to highlight to you some of the offerings out of our primary presidential candidates. One of them from the president speaking at a church in South Carolina. The other 
A video released by the former president. We'll talk about this much more as we continue our Tuesday broadcast. And you do not want to miss Transformation Tuesday. That's coming up as well. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program on this Tuesday. And we have a whole lot of news going on today. In addition to what's going on in our weather situation here at home, we will continue to track those conditions. And my hope is that there's not a lot to report in terms of weather conditions. Uh, Hopefully no power outages, no flooding, but... Hope and reality sometimes can differ. So we will keep you posted on anything that does happen during the course of this broadcast today. As I mentioned, a lot of things to delve into during our conversation today. We will talk a lot about some of the political things that are developing in this election year of 2024. This is... I don't know about you, but I find there's just this whole season is just weird. It's weird. It's almost like being in some type of alternative universe. I mean, let me just tell you what I'm thinking from the political standpoint. And this isn't just my perspective, but there are a lot of Americans who do not want to see a rematch of Biden versus Trump. But what are we getting? It looks like we're getting a rematch of Biden versus Trump. It's a strange kind of thing that the American people have this double-mindedness. On the one hand, we complain about politicians. And on the other hand, we reelect the same politicians we're complaining about. It just doesn't make a lot of sense at all. But we will delve into some of that coming up. I first want to go into the update on what is happening with Boeing. Now, we already discussed this door that had come off one of the planes and how this door, this plug door, and some would even say hidden door, is apparently an issue that has not been dealt with correctly based on new reports that are coming out. This story by the BBC, Boeing 737 MAX 9, United Airlines finds loose bolts in jet inspections. Bolts in need of additional tightening have been found during inspections of Boeing 737 MAX 9s. United Airlines, multiple installation issues relating to door plugs would be remedied before the aircraft type would return to service. Inspection started after a section of the fuselage fell from an Alaska Airlines 737 MAX on Friday. Alaskan Airlines says it has since found some loose hardware on some MAX 9s. The FAA, which regulates air travel in the U.S., has grounded 171 planes of the same type. United said since we began preliminary inspections on Saturday, we found instances that appear to relate to installation issues in the door plug. For example, bolts that needed additional tightening. Boy, this provides a whole lot of assurance. I was up late last night, and I was listening to the BBC. In fact, if I can find a source for this at some point, I may play it for you. This was an Australian aviation expert who is very, very critical of Boeing and really believes there's a lot of sloppiness here on the part of Boeing and of the FAA because this isn't the first issue. The door plug is a piece of fuselage with a window that fills the space where an emergency exit would be in certain configurations. We told you about this. It was this part of the Alaska Airlines plane which dramatically fell off mid-flight over Oregon. 
eventually landing in a teacher's back garden. The aircraft made an emergency landing. None of the passengers or crew seriously hurt. The plane's door plug was recovered from a teacher's backyard in Oregon, found without the four bolts. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? Found without the four bolts. This revelation from the NTSB last night. The chair, Jennifer Hamidi, told reporters it's possible the bolts were missing from the start, but they may have come off in the descent. This reminds me, I always reference these air crash investigation stories. There's one where they were doing repair on a plane. This may have been out in Colorado somewhere. And they were supposed to replace something on the wings. And this is where problems occur a lot of times. Again, it comes back many times to human error. A lot of these things are done overnight. So they can keep flying. So overnight, they were supposed to replace flaps or something on both sides of this plane. And what had happened is they removed the bolts from both sides, but they did not communicate that. They finished one side, but they didn't finish the second side, but they'd already already removed the bolts, but they didn't pass that information on to the next crew. So guess what? They sent the plane out without the bolts on it. So as the plane is flying and making its descent, the part of the wing just came off. Surprise, surprise. I'm not saying this to scare you. I'm saying this because this is the kind of thing, if you're going to be working in aviation, you really need to do, be very serious and very diligent about your work. And I think it's appropriate to raise questions about not only Boeing, but about the FAA as to whether they are doing their job focusing on the safety aspect of aviation, not just promoting aviation, but promoting aviation safety. So there will be much more conversation about this. This probably deserves a congressional hearing. The question is, are they going to do it? And are they going to do something about the information that they learn? That's the question. This is very important for the flying public, which is why I'm talking about this story now. Because if they are being lax in this area with this particular plane, it raises questions. Are they being lax elsewhere? And my sense is, if you're going to have a bunch of bureaucrats regulating, they need to do it right. And I think all of you would agree when you're talking about people's lives. Much more. As we continue the Vince Coakley radio program, we have a great transformation Tuesday coming up for you. You know that I believe one of the most important things that we can do is to take the input of those who are more mature than us. Well, you're going to hear some wisdom from an older person, and it's stuff that is absolutely spot on. We're going to share that much more as we continue. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Back on the Vince Coakley Radio Program... And as I mentioned, there's a whole lot of political news that's going on. Let's begin here. It's been really interesting to watch what's going on with the other candidates, as in other than Donald Trump. Early on, much of the speculation centered around Ron DeSantis as the guy who would be the alternative to Donald Trump. But in one state... The picture is looking very different, according to CNN. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley has now trimmed former President Donald Trump's lead in the Republican primary race in New Hampshire to single digits. This is according to a new CNN poll. 
Trump still holds a meaningful lead in the poll with a backing of 39 percent of likely Republican primary voters in New Hampshire compared to Haley's 32 percent. Wow. Only seven points. The rest of the field lags far behind in the poll. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie at 12. Entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy at eight. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis at five. Former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson at less than 1%. In fact, as it relates to Nikki Haley, she has seen her numbers rise 12 percentage points since the last CNN poll in November. This is a trajectory that began last summer, while her opponents, including Trump, have seen their numbers remain stable or tick slightly downward since the fall. Now, here's what's intriguing about this. Haley's support has grown dramatically among those voters registered as undeclared. New Hampshire's term for independent registrants. She's up 18 points with this group since November. It's also grown 20 points among those who are ideologically moderate. Those gains come and push from her campaign in the state, including an endorsement last month. I knew this was going to make a difference. That endorsement from New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu. The Granite State's GOP primary is January 23rd. This is going to be here before we know it. That's, what is that, two weeks from now? In fact, I think that's exactly two weeks from now. Now, The strength of Haley's challenge to Trump in the state speaks to the contours of New Hampshire's primary electorate in which Those more moderate and less staunchly partisan voters make up a larger share of participants than they do in Iowa's first in the nation caucuses. And and this is not surprising. Iowa's a much more conservative state, much more conservative. Trump has crossed the 50 percent mark in most recent polling on the Iowa caucuses, and he holds wider majorities in national polls on the Republican nomination. A little more than 4 in 10 likely primary voters in the CNN poll are undeclared voters who plan to vote in the GOP primary, 45%, rather than registered Republicans. About a third describe themselves as moderates. That's at 32%. Trump leads Haley by 40 percentage points among conservatives. That's not surprising. By 37 points among registered Republicans and by 17 among those without college degrees. Haley tops Trump by 42 points among moderates, 26 points among undeclared voters, and 12 points among college graduates. Christie lands in second between Haley and Trump among each of those three groups, which explains why Chris Christie is even uh, a, a person to be discussed. You have a totally different electorate. You have a number of moderates there. So that makes a world of difference. Haley's supporters, however, remain less solidly committed than Trump's base. While 80% of voters backing Trump say they're definitely deciding to vote on him, a slim 54% majority of Haley's current backers say the same. You see, it's softer than Donald Trump's support. Just 45% of those backing other candidates are decided, leaving room for further shifts in the race in the final couple of weeks of campaigning. Among those whose first choice for the nomination is either Haley, neither Haley nor Trump, 36% say Haley would be their second choice. 30% picking Trump. Those behind Christie break solidly toward Haley, with 65% saying they would support her. Were Christie not in the race, with fewer than 1 in 10 of his backers choosing any other candidate, 13% saying they would not vote at all. Now, Christie's pushed back against calls from Haley allies to drop out, touting his direct opposition to Trump. And you know, that's one of the major reasons why he's in this thing, because he is hellbent on making sure that Donald Trump is taken down. So stay tuned for this one, New Hampshire, two weeks away. Still to come in the broadcast, you're going to hear from the top candidates. You're also going to hear from the wife of a former president expressing concern about 
the upcoming election. That much more as we continue. We are back on the Vince Coakley radio program debating uh, what to go to first. You've heard about Nikki Haley, how she is really starting to surge and perhaps at the right time to make a real difference in New Hampshire. It is within reach, single digits, the margin between herself and Donald Trump. Wouldn't that be interesting if she were able to pull off a win in New Hampshire? I think before we go into the actual presidential candidates themselves, why don't we start here? As I share with you a an item about the concern, and I think you know this from what you've been hearing for quite some time. There's a lot of anxiety about Joe Biden as the nominee for president. Can this guy get it done again? There's real skepticism about this, a whole lot of skepticism about this. And frankly, this goes from skepticism into panic. Breitbart has a story. Former President Barack Obama fears former President Donald Trump can defeat Joe Biden in 2024 and believes he's way too zen, too complacent, and unimaginative, according to recent reports by Axios and the Washington Post. This running, this warning, contrary to how many Biden allies perceive the likely rematch against Trump, aides outlined Axios four articles of faith of outside factors they claim will benefit Biden during the 2024 cycle. Here's what they think is going to help them. A calmer foreign policy chaos in 2024, an improving economy, a billion dollars in future negative ads against Trump, the abortion issue favors Democrats. One reason Obama might worry about Biden losing the election is due to the president's well-documented temper and aides who were afraid to get their heads bitten off. When confronting the president, that's what sources told Axios. See, remember, we've talked about this plenty of times, and, and I say this, I, I'm, I'm not, you know, claiming anything special. I'm just, I'm being real. I tell people all the time. I have friends around me who they have been told, if there are issues or things that you're concerned about with me, I want you to come and talk to me without fear. Tell me what I need to hear, not what I want to hear. Get in my face if you need to. Obama got animated last month during lunch with Biden while discussing his re-election campaign against Trump. Three people familiar with the conversations told The Post. During the lunch, Obama noted the success of his re-election campaign structure in 2012 when some of his top presidential aides, including David Axelrod and Jim Messina, left the White House to take charge of the re-election operation in Chicago. This is a sharp contrast from Biden's approach of leaving his closest aides at the White House, even though they were involved in all the key decisions made by the campaign. Obama also recommended Biden seek counsel from Obama's own former campaign aides, which Biden officials say they have done. Obama's but even more explicit with people close to Biden, suggesting the campaign needs to more aggressively move as Trump appears poised to quickly wrap up the Republican nomination. His concerns about the campaign structure were not tied to a specific moment, but rather his belief campaigns need to be agile in competitive races. A polling does not present a positive picture for the president, as you well know. 538, Biden holds the worst net approval rating in history at this time in office. Wall Street Journal, only 23% of voters said Biden's policies helped them. CNN, majority say no chance they would vote for Joe Biden in 2024. Yahoo, YouGov, majority of voters say Joe Biden committed a crime with Hunter Biden. Hmm. This is pretty interesting stuff, isn't it? So, 
with all of this in mind, you can understand and you would not be surprised to learn that this is not just a Barack Obama concern. This is a family concern that extends to Michelle Obama. Michelle certainly shares the same fears and the same concerns. So let's hear what she has to say about 2024 and her fears. Listen up. What's going to happen in this next election? I am terrified about what could possibly happen because our leaders matter, who we select, who speaks for us, who holds that bully pulpit. It affects us in ways that sometimes I think people take for granted. Mm Mm-hmm. Who is this person who's going to be in the White House? Who will it be? It's a very important choice. You know, I I think it's kind of comical that this is a person who obviously is pulling for Joe Biden. But let's get real here. (laughs) Clearly, a lot of us are very skeptical about the man who is in the White House right now. So the things that she's expressing as a concern about Donald Trump, many of us feel this about Joe Biden. And she has to know that. The woman is not stupid. She knows. Speaking of the top presidential candidates... We will hear from both of them coming up in the next hour. Now, one of the things that I want to give you a heads up on, some of you may manifest because of the things that I am going to say. We are, let me just give you a little bit of a tease. On one of the candidates, I'm very concerned about the messianic elements of this person Uh, The other person is dancing on people's graves and using it as a political campaign. We're going to talk about this much more in hour number two, but we begin with Transformation Tuesday. It's straight ahead. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Back on the Vince Coakley Radio program on this Tuesday, and you know the big story that's going on, All you have to do is look outside to see what is going on. We've got rain. You know what I was thinking? Here we are in January. The wonderful thing is, and at least I think it's a wonderful thing, it's not snow. Now, there are people who, frankly, they would prefer to see snow, but you can have that to yourself. Um, But we're expecting a lot of rain. In fact, rain that may be measured in some areas in inches. And we also have concerns about wind. So uh, we thought it would be a good idea to get another update on what's going on with our weather situation that we're facing today with meteorologist Ken Boone from the Weather Channel. Welcome back, sir. Good morning. How are you? All right, sir. I'm very curious as to how the storm is progressing thus far as it moves uh, toward and through the Charlotte area. Yeah, so as we take a look at radar, we still have uh, the bulk of the heavy rain still west of uh, downtown Charlotte, but it is getting closer. And as we approach the noon hour and into this afternoon, we're just going to see that rain get heavier and heavier. We've got numerous uh, flood advisories, flood warnings out across south western portions of North Carolina down into South Carolina and northeast Georgia. So all that rain is kind of working its way towards the northeast. So we are going to see several inches of rain across the region here this afternoon. Rainfall totals will end up anywhere between about two to three inches, maybe some locally higher amounts, especially areas 
just to the west of downtown Charlotte. So the further west you are of Charlotte, the more rain we can expect. If you're east and south of Charlotte, the severe weather threat starts to go up. So we do have a chance for some severe storms here this afternoon with the biggest threat coming east and south of Charlotte. Uh, and there is potential uh, for some uh, strong damaging winds with some of the storms and even some isolated tornadoes. There have been some tornadoes with some of these storms here uh, with the system. Now, most have been on the southern end. But all that energy is going to work its way towards the north and northeast. So that threat certainly exists here as we head through the afternoon. Now, the other concern that we've talked about, the winds, which are expected to pick up. We're expecting some strong wind gusts. Uh, how, how strong are we talking here? Yeah, we certainly are. Uh, we do have officially under a wind advisory through 10 o'clock, and we could see the winds gusting uh, between 40 and 50 miles per hour at times. So those strong wind gusts are certainly possible. Now, it wouldn't be a sustained wind at that range, but certainly some gusts are possible getting up in there, and that certainly is strong enough that uh, we could potentially see some tree limbs or even some trees down, possibly even some power lines. So as those strong winds come through later on this afternoon, uh, power outage is certainly a possibility, uh, and with all the rain, it certainly weakens the tree roots as well. So uh, certainly that's a concern uh, across the region this afternoon and evening. So bottom line here for the Charlotte area, we're talking about rain for the next several hours, uh, two to three inches of rain in this particular area, some strong wind gusts, and then this starts to wind down late this afternoon. Yeah, late this afternoon as we approach sunset, I think uh, we'll start to see things start to wind down and that rain push off to the north and east of uh, Charlotte as we approach sunset. Maybe a few lingering showers shortly after that, but once we get to about 6, 7 o'clock, I think most of the uh, rain is gone and the dry air starts to move in, and I think we'll get a couple days of dry weather before we can see some more showers and storms Friday. Nothing like today, though, but there will be another chance of rain towards the end of the week. Well, terrific. I very much appreciate your update on this. Meteorologist Ken Boone from the Weather Channel. Thanks a lot for joining us on the broadcast this morning. Sure, no problem. Anytime. And I just urge all of you, be safe wherever you are. You know, I at times we can take certain things for granted. It's like, okay, it's rain. It's no big deal. And hopefully that is the case. Uh, we just encourage, especially if you're driving, increase the following distance between yourself and the person uh, who is in front of you. This is one of my pet peeves. There are people who drive as if, you know, it's no big deal. That's, um, you know, these are, you know, it's no big deal until you get rear-ended. Then it's a big deal. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. Let's talk about President Joe Biden. One of the things that this administration is good at Joe Biden is good at is stirring up fear one of the things the Democrat Party is good at is stirring up fear this is how they work and especially as it relates to black voters just scare them about the Klan racism racial violence white supremacists just keep beating this drum you want to know why they keep talking about these things because they resonate with black people see I would love for more of my black brothers and sisters to come to a point where we're not going to pay any a bit of attention to this nonsense because the only purpose behind it is manipulation that's what this is it's entirely manipulation this man does not care about you. Not the least bit. What he cares about is scaring you to vote for him. So they're going to keep bringing the race card out over and over and over and over and over and over and over. So to that end, where would you go? And and this is part of the lie too, where he said this is the place where he's, you know, he saw what happened at the Mother Emmanuel AME Church, the shooting that happened there, and he he decided this is why he had to run for president. You know, I was about to say something I can't say on air. Um, <laughs> it was not an obscenity. I, I would just say this. Um. Old man, please. This man has been filled with ambition to run for president for a long time. He's trying to make it look like what pushed him over the edge 
What pushed him over the edge was what happened at Mother Emmanuel Amy Church. It's a lie. It is the truth that this is something that revived his campaign. His win in South Carolina and the support of black voters. So he's trying to go back to the well again. And I hope he goes back to the well and comes back dry. This old Mr. Magoo cannot be trusted with another four years. Cannot be. Haven't we seen enough? We'll talk about him a little bit later on, and then we will hear a bizarre, a bizarre piece of audio that was put out by the former president. And that will prompt an interesting conversation, I am sure. But first, we have Transformation Tuesday. Let me share the first item before we go to break. I really love this post from Jose, a friend of mine who lives in Florida. The greatest hurdle for the 21st century believer is not the world, but religious lies invented by men using the Bible as the source. Ooh. The greatest hurdle for the 21st century believer is not the world, but religious lies invented by men using the Bible as the source. Ponder that one for a bit as we go to break. Coming up, I tell you all the time about the importance of us younger men. I'll put myself in that category for now. Taking in the wisdom from older men. Well, you're going to hear some wisdom from an older man. I think you're going to appreciate this and much more. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. And we're back with some breaking news right now on the Senate floor in Capitol Hill. We've got Senator Robert Menendez. Now, I'm... Not sure if you remember, he's got new allegations against him that he aided the Qatari government. He is a New Jersey Democrat, and federal prosecutors said he accepted tens of thousands of dollars in bribes to help Qatar's government. I want you to listen in. During this speech, he has already said, I have received nothing from the government of Qatar. Let's listen in to hear what he has to say on the Senate floor live. The government seeks to use baseless conjecture, not facts, to create the connective tissue to substantiate the allegations. They show a picture of watches, but no proof of receiving any such gift. They talk about tickets to a state-sponsored event, but as we all know, members of the Senate often attend state-sponsored events. Indeed, I've seen members of the State Department the administration, and yes, even the Justice Department attend state-sponsored events. The government fails to mention that the family member referenced to already had their own purchase tickets to the event. That's not a perk, and certainly not a bribe. Finally, on this point, the suggestion that an introduction of a constituent to a Qatari investment company is illegal is not only wrong as a matter of law, it is dangerous to the important work all of us as senators do. Under the government's theory, it may be a crime for members of the Senate to make introductions to companies and constituents in their own state, to foster investments in their state, investments that create jobs and rateables and revenues and help grow the economy. Indeed, if that is a crime, then advocating for Boeing aircraft to be purchased by a foreign government attracting a foreign chip manufacturer to your state, getting a country to buy agricultural products from your state, making technology investments, and so many other actions that members of the Congress take to attract investment and economic opportunity to their states would now be a crime. Now let me turn to the government's other outrageous accusation of conspiring to act as a foreign agent for the government of Egypt. This is an unprecedented accusation. And it has never, ever been levied against a sitting member of Congress. Never. And for good reason. 
It opens a dangerous door for the Justice Department to take the normal engagement of members of Congress with a foreign government and to transform those engagements into a charge of being a foreign agent for that government. I want You're to listening to Senator to Robert Melendez of New Jersey defending himself, saying he's received nothing for the government of Qatar. That's the latest accusation that has been leveled against him by federal prosecutors who have basically said they've got the evidence. And part of what Menendez is saying, that these indictments poison the jury pool. The poor, poor guy. 70-year-old Bob Menendez defending himself on the Senate floor. I just thought you would be amused by listening to this man who clearly is corrupt. This is not his first rodeo and probably won't be his last. I very quickly want to get to Transformation Tuesday. I call this wisdom from the elders. My good friend Steve Crosby reposted this. This was posted by a man. His name is Al Mack. And I want you to listen carefully to this because I think this will resonate with so many of you. And can I just say, especially if you are younger, you're in your 20s or 30s, I envy you. You have the ability to learn from us old folks on this and take some shortcuts on some things that have taken us years to learn. Let me just quickly jump in. Someone asked a friend who's crossed 70 and is heading towards 80 what sort of changes he is feeling in himself. He sent the following reply. One, after loving my parents, my siblings, my spouse, my children, and my friends, I've now started loving myself. Boy, there's a novel idea. Two, I've realized I am not Atlas. Boy, this, this is one that I own completely. I am not Atlas. The world does not rest on my shoulders. Jesus pointed out to me that he's the world's savior. I am not. Three, I've stopped bargaining with vegetable and fruit vendors. A few pennies more is not going to break me but it might help the poor fellow save for his daughter's school fees. Four, I leave my waitress a big tip. The extra money might bring a smile to her face. She's toiling much harder for a living than I am. Five, I stop telling the elderly. They've already told that story many times. The story makes them walk down memory lane and relive their past. Six, I've learned not to correct people even when I know they are wrong. The onus of making everyone perfect is not on me. Peace is more precious than perfection. That is powerful, isn't it? Peace is more precious than perfection. Seven, I give compliments freely and generously. Compliments are a mood enhancer, not only for the recipient, but for the giver. And a small tip for the recipient of a compliment. Never, never turn it down. Just say thank you. Eight, I've learned not to bother about a crease or a spot on my shirt. Personality speaks louder than appearances. Wow, that's powerful, isn't it? Don't we get really caught up in appearance and we forget that that's not the most important thing? Nine, I walk away from people who don't value me. They might not know my worth, but I do. Ten, I remain cool when someone plays dirty to outrun me in the rat race. I'm not a rat, and neither am I in any race. That is powerful, isn't it? Let me repeat that one. I remain cool when someone plays dirty to outrun me in the rat race. I'm not a rat, and neither am I in any race. I've got to remember that one. How many times do I hear the references to the rat race? 11. I'm learning not to be embarrassed by my emotions. It's my emotions that make me human. 12. I learned it's better to drop the ego than to break a relationship. My ego will keep me aloof, whereas with relationship, I will never be alone. That's good. 13. I've learned to live each day as if it's the last. After all, it might be the last, and I'll have to stand before my father and answer for my choices. 14. I'm doing what makes me happy. I'm responsible for my happiness, and I owe it to myself. Happiness is a choice. You can be happy at any time. Just choose to be. 
Seems like it made sense. Then I ask, why do we have to wait until we're 60 or 70 or 80? Why not practice this at any stage and age? That's the question I pose to you. I hope you appreciate that as much as I did. That is really good stuff. Still to come, you'll hear from and about the presidential candidates, the front runners. You do not want to miss the segments that are ahead right here in the Vince Coakley radio program. Here on the Vince Coakley radio program, I've said it before, I'll say it again. What you are watching with President Joe Biden is basically a man who's dancing on the graves of people who died in a tragic shooting. To go to this Mother Emanuel AME church and fan the flames of division and fear, this man is on the same level as the Ku Klux Klan. That's what the Democrat Party has classically done, and that's what he's doing again. We have a couple of cuts from his speech yesterday evening. The first, where he is taking aim at Donald Trump, and boy, he is so brave, referring to Donald Trump as a loser. Listen up. That's why I tell me again, they lost in every court of law that challenged the results. 60 losses in courts of America. There's one thing they don't have. They don't have respect for the 81 million people who voted the other way, voted for my candidacy. And voted to end the presidency. In their world, these Americans, including you, don't count. But that's not the real world. That's not democracy. That's not America. In America, we all count. In America, we witness to serve all those who, in fact, participate. And losers are taught to concede when they lose. And he's a loser. All right, Mr. Magoo, let me show you a loser. Walk to the nearest mirror and look in it. It's you. You are the moron who has delivered multiple speeches communicating contempt for Donald Trump's voters. Contempt. So why should we listen to you complain about the fact that people don't respect your voters? You are a freaking hypocrite. That's what you've got in the White House. A hypocrite. This man is an old fool. You know the expression, there's no fool like an old fool. So seriously, where is his respect as President of the United States for the people who did not vote for him? It's not there. All of the MAGA comments... And what would this speech be without more fanning the flames and stirring the fires of fear about January 6th? I am so sick of this. But Joe Biden, this is going to be an integral part of his campaign all the way to the end, I'm sure. Here he is talking about January 6th. Then we all came together to put the country before ourselves. The lies that led to January 6th are part of a broader attack on the truth of America today that we all have seen before. The same movement that throughout the mob, the United States Capitol isn't just trying to rewrite history, January 6th, they're trying to determine to erase history and your future. Banning books, denying your right to vote and have it counted, destroying diversity, equality, Inclusion all across America, harboring hate and replacing hope with anger and resentment and dangerous view of America. That narrow view of America, zero-sum view of America that says, if you win, I lose. If you succeed, it must be I fail. If you get ahead, I fall behind. And maybe worst of all, if I hold you down, I lift myself up. That's not new in America. Every stride forward has often been met with ferocious backlashes 
from those who fear the progress, from those who exploit that fear for their own personal gain, from those who traffic in lies told for profit and power. Who is he talking about? Once again, I would encourage Mr. Magoo, Joe Biden, to go to the nearest mirror and look in it. You are talking about yourself. Everything you've just said about your opposition, it's you, Mr. Magoo. It's you. Put the country before ourselves? When have you demonstrated putting the country before yourself? Because you know what? If you put the country before yourself, you would put a resignation letter out to the media today. That's how you put the country first. You get your old, crusty self out of the way so this country can move forward. That's the starting place. This is really reprehensible. It is. And again, using the site of a tragedy to again beat the drum and fan the flames of fear. This is why I've said repeatedly, both of these men really need to be out of the way. Both of them. Now, you really, <laughs> if you've not heard what I'm about to play in the next segment, you need to pay close attention to that. Because it's absolutely crazy what you are going to hear after the break. One of the problems with older men who are not humble is they have an inflated view of themselves and their own importance. Do you remember one of the things that I shared with you as part of Transformation Tuesday? Let me go back to this because this is vital. I receive this message. I receive it wholeheartedly. Let me read this again because this is something that if we're honest with ourselves, many of us men wrestle with it. Number two, I've realized I am not Atlas. The world does not rest on my shoulders. Jesus pointed out to me, he's the world's savior. I am not. The world is not gonna collapse without me. The country's not gonna collapse without me. If I think, and I don't care who it is, if anybody even breathes the idea that they're the only person who can save the country, it's delusion. It's a messianic syndrome. And it's not just me talking. Wait until you hear what I'm going to share coming up after the break. I could not believe my ears. We'll share that much more as we continue our Tuesday broadcast. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. All right, let me very quickly get to this. I, I had to do multiple searches on this just to make sure this was actually real when I saw this I thought this is crazy but unfortunately I was not able to debunk this this was not a spoof this is the real thing this is something that was actually posted by the former president Donald Trump by the way he is speaking right now because he wanted to listen in on a hearing that deals the questions of immunity. I, I guess we have timed. Let's listen in on his remarks because this is about the issue of immunity, presidential immunity. He's trying to argue that is the reason these charges against him should be thrown out. Here is the president, is the former president. The horrible situation that took place the lowest moment i think in the history of our country was afghanistan the way we withdrew not that we withdrew but the way we withdrew with, with shame we surrendered uh people killed 13 great soldiers killed 
many unbelievably, horrifically hurt, wounded, hurt. And hundreds of people died on both sides. Hundreds of people died. He could be prosecuted for that. So you can't have a president uh, without immunity. You have to have, as a president, you have to be able to do your job. But if this didn't work out, if I wasn't given immunity, then other presidents, when we talked about today, uh, President Obama with the drone strikes, which were very bad, uh, they were mistakes, terrible mistakes. Uh, you can't put a, uh, you really can't put a president in that position. So I think most people understand it and we feel very confident that eventually, uh, hopefully at this level, but eventually we win. A president has to have immunity. And the other thing is I did nothing wrong. We did nothing wrong. Uh, the investigation of the election, which was a rigged election, everybody knows it. And just if you just look at, they didn't use state legislatures. And they didn't, uh, they went to the FBI and you look at FBI and Twitter, the Twitter files with the FBI. Okay, we're beginning to relitigate 2020 again, which I don't know about you, I'm tired of listening to this nonsense. But Donald Trump is making the case, and he's trying to tie this to Biden, to Obama, and basically say, you know, if, if the president doesn't have immunity, you can find any number one of his official decisions and decide, okay, we're going to prosecute him for crimes related to that, even if they were mistakes, like drone strikes that killed somebody who was the wrong target. So... Uh, is this a, a inappropriate defense for Donald Trump in this situation, the charges against him? Well, that's what this court will have to decide. I very quickly want to get to this posted on Mediaite. Here is the way the headline describes this video I'm about to share with you. Trump shares messianic video about God sending him to save the world. You're familiar with Paul Harvey. I loved Paul Harvey. I mean, he, the guy just had a voice and had a message. It, it was just, it was cool to listen to him. One of the most famous, So God Made a Farmer. Well, the former president shared this video on his Truth Social account. Was included a slew of joking but not joking and over-the-top political videos for which Trump is known. I want you to listen to this. This is fashioned after Paul Harvey's delivery, but it's about, you guessed it, Donald Trump. Listen up. And on June 14th, 1946, God looked down on his planned paradise and said, I need a caretaker. So God gave us Trump. God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, fix this country, work all day, fight the Marxists, eat supper, then go to the Oval Office and stay past midnight at a meeting of the heads of state. So God made Trump. I need somebody with arms, strong enough to rustle the deep state, and yet gentle enough to deliver his own grandchild. Somebody to ruffle the feathers, tame cantankerous World Economic Forum, come home hungry, have to wait until the first lady is done with lunch with friends then tell the ladies to be sure and come back real soon and mean it so god gave us trump i need somebody who can shape an axe but wield a sword who had the courage to step foot in north korea who can make money from the tar of the sand turn liquid to gold who understands the difference between tariffs and inflation will finish his 40-hour week by Tuesday noon, but then put in another 72 hours. So God made Trump. God had to have somebody willing to go into the den of vipers, call out the fake news for their tongues as sharp as a serpent's. The poison of vipers is on their lips, and yet stop. So God made Trump. God said, I need somebody who will be strong and courageous, who will not be afraid or terrified of the wolves when they attack. A man who cares for the flock. A shepherd to mankind who won't ever leave nor forsake them. I need the most diligent worker to follow the path and remain strong in faith and know the belief of God and country. Somebody who's willing to drill, bring back manufacturing and American jobs, farm the lands, secure our borders, build our military, fight the system all day. 
and finish a hard week's work by attending church on Sunday. And then his oldest son turns and says, Dad, let's make America great again. Dad, let's build back a country to be the envy of the world again. So God made Trump. All right, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. Someone correctly raised the question, is this blasphemy? Yes, it is. It is. The most egregious line in the entire thing, the whole thing reeks of blasphemy. But the worst thing, a shepherd to mankind who will never leave nor forsake them. This is a direct quote from Jesus. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. This is not even close to funny. It's not. And the idea that any human being could post this, joking or not joking, it's diabolical. And I pray this man does not get in the White House. I'm just being honest. God have mercy on our country. God have mercy. Love to get your thoughts on this, perhaps tomorrow's broadcast. Have yourselves a great day, and God bless you. Adios.